You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Welcome to another episode of our podcast called A Bigger Life. I'm your host, Dave Cover. In this podcast, what I'm trying to do is talk to interesting people, at least people I think are interesting, and talk about how they're living a bigger life according to a new narrative in the gospel and the things that they're doing in their faith, things that they're doing in their vocation, things that they're doing in the culture. Today, I have the privilege of talking to two guys, Michael Porter Jr. and John Tay Porter. Both of these guys are new basketball players for the University of Missouri. Both of them were five-star recruits. John Tay Porter is reclassifying this year. So even though he is the age, he's only 17 years old, he's the age of a senior in high school. He's, he's entering his freshman year in college to play with his brother, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, as you may have heard all the hype, not only is he a five-star recruit, but expected to be a number one draft choice in the NBA in 2018. Here's the deal. I, I'm excited to talk to these guys in this podcast, not just because of the interesting story when it comes to their uh, joining Mizzou basketball team, but they attend the crossing with their family and I've gotten to know them and they are the kind of guys that you want to root for, not just in basketball, but in life. They have a spirit, they have a heart about them that I found very heartwarming for me. And I saw a sincerity in them that I think you'll you'll pick up as well. My, my only fear, my, my caveat is they're freshmen in college. And I, the last thing I want to do is put them on a pedestal of Christian faith. I don't want anybody to look at them as the example of the Christian faith. Because I remember when I was 17 years old, 18, 19 years old, the last thing I was was any kind of an example of the Christian faith. There's a lot of story to be told still in these two guys' lives. They'll make mistakes like any of us. They'll go two steps forward, one step backward. What I'm more interested in doing is is I want you to hear what's going on on the inside, what their story is, what their hopes are, and where they are in their faith. And I found it to be a good conversation. I hope you do too. Michael, John Tay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. So let me just start, first of all, by saying this. You guys are still vegetarians? Yeah, uh, our whole lives. Your whole lives, you, your family was raised vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Now, have you cheated at all and had meat? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I did a couple times, but I regret it because our bodies aren't used to the meat. And I tried chicken a couple times with my dad because he cheats quite often. But Yeah, I know he does. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I've had lunch with your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But whenever I have meat, uh, I end up feeling sick and I regret it. So I haven't cheated in... You really feel sick when you have yeah, meat? Yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. Wow. So you've never had a hot dog? Never. Never had a steak? Never. Hamburger? Mm-mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that you guys are still tall and strong and athletic. Shout out to my mom. What? what why were you raised vegetarian? Well, my mom and dad met both meat eaters. Um and even when once they got married, they ate meat for a while. Uh, my mom kind of became more of a health freak after reading some magazine, I think. And she uh, eventually convinced my dad um, to go to the vegetarian diet. And so ever since then, they were vegetarians, and we just, they raised us vegetarian. Whole family, sisters, brothers. Yeah, all yeah. ten of us. What, what, let, me, let me do this. Let me, let me ask you guys the whole the whole personal side versus the public side is there a different michael porter is there a different john tay porter than what people see on espn or see on social media yeah for sure uh 
the social media is very strong, very powerful, but it can only portray one side of a person. And in our case, that's the basketball side. So um, we appreciate being able to come on here and really share uh, stuff that not many people would recognize when they don't know us personally. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you're if you're whatever we are, if you want to call us big time or known basketball players, whatever, I think that I think when your picture's at Times Square, <laughs> right there on the big, yeah, that's kind of like, gosh, yeah. So a lot time. of people yeah. see just what they see from social media, just what they see from when we play on television, but it can be frustrating for us because we never really get people to see how we really are. People just go off what they what they see that one time. So. Um, it's always been frustrating for me because I feel like there's a lot more to me than people see. Um, so I really, at opportunities like this, I jump at it just to be able to talk about um, who I really am and what I really value. So if somebody said to you, tell me something about yourself that, that I don't see, that I wouldn't see on your picture on Times Square. I'm not going to see in an interview on ESPN. I'm not going to see you when you're playing basketball on the court. Tell me something about you that is something that you, you want people to know. Yeah, I mean, people look at me, and a lot of times I always get it. They just think that I have it all together. You know, I'm living this perfect life. Um, I have everything. I'm I'm reaching for my dreams. I'm going to get there. You know, everything's working out. Uh, but people don't really see the struggles that I have on the inside, you know, with my faith um, and the problems that I go through, you know. So I would just say that not everything's good on this side. You know, I struggle just like everybody else, and there's a lot of things that I need to get better at just like everybody else. Um, Were you 19? 19 years old, yes. 19 years old. So yeah, you got obviously a lot of things that are typical of 19-year-old guys, not to mention 19-year-old basketball stars. And it's hard to be a 19-year-old guy if you're just a nerd. I mean, it's hard being a 19-year-old in our culture today. I'm sure you guys deal with the same exact struggles that every 18-year-old. Are you 18, John? 17. 17 17 Mm -hmm. and 19. Same thing, you know. And I remember when I was 17... (laughs) I remember when I was 19, and uh, the opportunities I had to do, I, I, I made the wrong choice a lot, and I, I didn't have a tenth of the opportunities you guys are going to have. What, what, what are you, you going to do? How do you – I'm genuinely curious as, as your pastor, and I'm also just genuinely curious as a, as a Christian who cares about you guys. I think every Christian out there cares about you guys. How are you, you going to do in your faith – with all this? Because it would seem really, really hard. I mean, it would seem hard to get – uh, the attention you're getting and to have the opportunities you have. Any, any thoughts on how, how are you going to continue in your faith or how are you going to grow in your faith or how are you going to try to make the right choices based upon what wanting a heart for Christ rather than getting kind of stolen away for, uh, toward other things? Uh, yeah, it is really hard, especially being a high-level athlete with a lot of people knowing your name. Uh, the temptation is just skyrocket. There's people DMing you, wanting you to do stuff for them or for them to do stuff for you. But I think that's where I'm so thankful for our support group I have, my family, Justin, having you as a pastor. Justin being the Justin youth Garrett. pastor yeah, at the yeah, crossing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's been mentoring us for I don't know how many years now, but it's been really great just having people around me that I can ask questions that can help keep me grounded if I start to slip. It's just been awesome. How, how are you going to – do you have a plan – do you have some sort of thought in mind? How am I gonna how am I gonna survive this? Because most people you know this, most most Christian athletes don't survive it. Right. I mean, they go through a really dark time. How are you gonna survive it and not have to go through that dark time? Well, I can't really um say that I haven't gone through dark times, 
But the thing that's kept me from from going down even further um, is just my family, my support group. Like he said, my parents, just the way they raised me. You know, if I if I'm starting to do something, messing up over and over again, I always, I mean, I got a real guilty conscience. You know, so that's, I think that's a good thing. Just the way I was raised. I mean, some kids they don't have that guilty conscience because their parents were telling them whole, their whole lives this is what you're supposed to do. So that's that's what's good for me is my, my parents and then my friends. I try to surround myself for the most part with friends that are going to make me better because on the basketball side, all the all the kids I hang out with, um, they're not trying to do the same, live the same way that I'm trying to live. So, And you guys say you're best friends. So is there is there honesty between each other, like best friends, the things that you're struggling with, or is it more like brothers where you just kind of keep things on the surface? Uh... Well, you know, we I would say we are best friends, but we don't really tell each other the the deep deep stuff, or we don't really talk to each other about girls. Really, um, that's more for our friends that we talk about that kind of stuff with. But I would say we're best friends in the fact that we always have each other's back. If if we're choosing sides, I'm always going with my brother, um, and we just enjoy each other's company. I would say, so that's why I would say we're best friends. Yeah, and it really helps uh, having a fellow Christian athlete around me at all times where if I am tempted to do something, I I know I'll feel guilty. I know he'll uh, check me and he'll let me know that that's not right. So it's just been awesome to grow up with someone like that where I know I always have a friend that uh, is also trying to live the life that I am. Yep. You've already brought it up. I'm just going to go there with your, about your family. You you say your family, your parents have been a huge influence in your life, uh, in your faith. Uh, you said in your guilty conscience, I hope it's more positive than that, but that, that's a good thing too. Yeah. But, uh, t- tell, t- tell us about your family life. How would you describe it? I would describe us as just being incredibly close. I don't know, really know how my parents did it, but all of us from top to bottom are just real close. We, we enjoy each other's company. Um, every Sunday, now that four of us are out of the house, we have a family dinner, uh, every Sunday. And my mom, I would say is the biggest part in just keeping us all just close um and making sure that um family stays stays and then close. you got there's eight kids and two parents so 10 10 people in your ten family total. describe your family life how are they uh, important to you uh family's been a huge part in my life thus far uh having them all having just a christian family that will keep me accountable hold me accountable for things i do we all love each other like my brother said uh, we're always hanging out together we have weekly bible times just to kind of check in and learn more about God together. So um, it's been it's been awesome. I couldn't ask for any better circumstances in terms of family. Yeah, so so describe what it was like growing up in your family when it came to structures of growing up in the Christian faith. Like, did your dad do devotionals? Did you pray together? Did you, how, how'd that, how was that? Well, like any typical Christian family, we pray before meals. Um, it's it's become less frequent now that we're all kind of moving our own direction in life. But uh, we used to have Bible times, which is our devotional as a family, almost every day. Uh, we still try to do that at least once a week. But yeah, my dad made sure that we had head knowledge about the Bible, about the gospel and everything that goes into it. Yeah, um, something my parents did, I remember when we were real little, um, you know, you can't really tell a kid, just read your Bible. They don't really understand it. So I remember my parents um, would just give us, I remember they would give us $100 if we read through the entire Bible. And uh, I think that's okay for a kid just because he was just trying to give us head knowledge, you know, of 
what was really important so that later in life, if he was talking deeply about a subject, we would already kind of know what he was talking about. So we read Bible stories over and over again. Um, and there might have been some for money, but looking back on it, I'm just happy that I read through the entire Bible a few times just so I know the different stories he's talking about or you're talking about in a sermon, and I'm real familiar with it. You've read through the entire Bible a couple times. Yeah, a couple times. What about you, John Tay? Well, you, didn't, you didn't make that $100. <laughs> no, I definitely did. Uh, that was you lied at about the time. A couple chapters. You said what? You lied about a couple <laughs> chapters. I mean, maybe. You can't I, lie your way through reading the Bible. <laughs> well, yeah, at the time, it was definitely motivation just to get the money, really. But um, as I've grown older, I've really just grown an appreciation. And I actually like learning about that stuff in the Bible. So it's kind of transitioned from wanting the reward to just the reward being the knowledge and the stuff we know has been awesome. And I thank my parents for it a lot. You know, so I, I'm thinking about my life when I was in college. You know, I, I was a Christian. I became a Christian in high school. And uh, again, like I said, to me, for a long time in high school, Christianity was, it was a faith, but it was kind of a rules-based faith. You know, don't do bad things, do good things. But then when I got in college, it's almost like there's a, a switch in your brain that hits where you're able to go deeper in your relationship with Christ that, that I wasn't able to go to when I was in, in high school. And so I'm wondering, A, is that kind of happening? Or B, what are you, what are you doing to, to try to switch it from I want to be a good kid to, you know what, this is serious. I mean, yeah. when I do read the Bible, Jesus is kind of big on where my heart is, yeah. not where my obedience in the sense of outward behavior is. Am I doing the right things, not doing the wrong things? But do I want Jesus? Do I have a heart that wants to be with God in, in, in heaven, in eternity? Or am I just sort of making sure that I have God on my side and keep him off my back? Are you doing anything in your life to kind of invest in that kind of a heart relationship with Christ? Um, I can really relate to what you were saying about once you got into college. Um, it kind of became your own a little more. Um, so for me, growing up, I was always kind of a stubborn kid. If my parents told me I couldn't do one thing, then I would just try to find a way to do it just because I didn't like being told what not to do. So once I got into college and all the you know all the control around me, my parents telling me not to do this, that was gone. So I think that was good for me because it made me realize I really don't want to do this stuff. I was just doing it because I couldn't do it before. Um, so once I kind of got past that and I realized this isn't something I want to do, I really um, started to realize what I wanted, and that is Jesus, and I'm still going through that process, but it's really starting to become more of my own faith now. Yeah, you know, we're all going through that process. Every day I have to ask my question, where's happiness? Is happiness in Christ, like he says, or is happiness somewhere else? And I don't have any opportunities to to do near the stuff you guys have opportunities for. And I can, I can imagine how hard it's going to be, but I, I'm, I'm interested in what, what you said there about not for, you know, it's your, for, uh, growing up, it's your parents' faith, but now it's becoming your faith. And you kind of dipped, it sounds like you say you dipped your toes in the, in the pond of, in a sense, not having faith. And then, I mean, you had faith, but you sort of got excited about being on your own. And then it just sort of woke you up, sort of like, I don't want to do this. This isn't where I want to go. Yeah, I think some kids um, growing up, they just obey their parents. What their parents tell them to do, they do. For me, it was a little different. Like I said, if they told me I couldn't do this, then I want to do that. Yep. Um, 
But once I got into college and it was free ball game, I could do whatever I wanted. And I kind of did dip my toes in it for a little bit, see what it was all about. But then I realized, you know, it's the same. It's the same thing every time. This isn't. This isn't exciting. Um, and you're going to fight that battle all the way through college. Right, I mean, right. you're never going to come out of it. Right. You're always going to be going in and out, in and out, in and out, and hopefully growing <laughs> through it and becoming stronger. What about you, John Tay? Any thought? I mean, you're 17, so mm-hmm. we're talking like you know, a 19 year old, 17 year old. You're going what? There's a there's more to it than just rules. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, you've been out of the house for what a month. How's it been for you with that? Your faith being in, being on being on your own. Uh, it's it's been kind of similar to my brothers. Uh, me, my whole life, I've always been more introverted than him. I think so. I haven't been as not not tempted, but I haven't been as intrigued with the other stuff like. Uh, going out, uh, talking to tons of people that most college students want to do when they get to college. So I, I thank God for that. But uh, really, my whole life, I've kind of had a shallow relationship with God just because I grew up in the church. I never, my parents basically told me what to believe in. But now I'm starting to see about a year ago, I think me and my dad went on a Bible study. And ever since then, I've kind of decided that it's my faith that I get to decide what I want to believe in. And I've Thankfully, I've chosen God, uh, Christianity to believe in. So every day I'm just trying to grow in that and become a better man. But there, there is slips along the way, and it will be the rest of my life. Absolutely. But yeah, yes. Yeah. But as long as I'm growing, as long as I'm getting closer to God, that's the only thing I can ask for. I like what your dad said at the men's breakfast when he was speaking. He said, you know, my sons are going to make a lot of mistakes. So if you're somehow thinking my sons are me, you know, we this is not – got to go through the same – process I had to go through to learn the things that I went through. And that's, that's true for you guys. But tell me a little bit about social media. You're on social media. You have, you have lots of followers. Uh, how, how, how is that for you? I know what social media is like for me. And I, I got only what a thousand followers and I'm doing all I can just to keep people from misinterpreting things I say and all this kind of stuff. Well, how do you guys handle the whole social media thing? Um, well, first off, it is a platform. I mean, you can you can use it for good, or you can use it for bad. Um, but social media, I heard someone say everything you do can be guided by social media if you if you let it. I think like people are taking tons of selfies a day to get the perfect one or they're walking about a certain way just so someone doesn't take a weird Snapchat story of them. So, it can really be if you're self-conscious about anything, then it can really it can really be a dangerous thing. And for me, it was for a long time. I was posting stuff just to get likes, just to get comments, and um, I actually had to take my social media down for for a few months until I really um, came to closer grips with myself and how I wanted to use it. And then I got back on, and I think now. So you deleted your Instagram? Yeah, at the time I had about six hundred thousand followers, so it wasn't six hundred thousand followers. Six hundred thousand followers, and you deleted that. Deleted my Instagram. Deleted and you did my that. Twitter. Why? I think it's a great choice. I'm I'm trying to. Yeah. Why did you do that? Um, because at the time it wasn't just a platform. It was just me. Um, it kinda, was changing you. Yeah, it was kind of. I was just wanted the the affirmation that people were giving me um, with the hundreds of comments, the thousands of likes. It just kind of reaffirmed me in a way that only God should be able to reaffirm you of your self worth. And that's what social media was doing for me. So. Um, I decided it was it was it was it wasn't good for me. So you're a 19 year old kid. You don't think of yourself as a kid. 19 year old man. Shoot, you're old enough to go to war and be killed. So you're a man. <laughs> you're a 19 year old man, and you had 60,000 followers on Instagram. 600,000. 600,000 followers. <laughs> 
Really? 600,000 followers? 574,000 574,000 and how many? 574,000 and then on Twitter it was it was almost 100,000. And so you thought you you started to realize it's shape it's having too much of a hold on you. It's shaping you. It's making you be a people pleaser. It's making you live for this crowd instead of being who you want to be, living for God. And you thought it was having a too negative effect on you, so you took it down. What about you, John Tay? How does it? How, now you, you, by the way, Michael, you reinstated it. Yeah, I got you it back, back on Instagram. <laughs> I got it back. You got your six hundred thousand followers back. Uh, I think it's like one hundred eighty-five thousand right now. Okay. No, okay. So I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I'm really, truly curious. What are you doing to keep yourself from falling into the same? Well, um, I actually delete the apps off of my phone. Um, a few days at a time. If I realize I'm, I'm getting on it too much, I'll just delete the app off my phone so it's not even there. And that's really helped me. Um, that is something. Yeah, but I think that I'm just in a different place now than I was then. I think I'm maturing as a You Christian. are for sure maturing if you're deleting for that reason, you're maturing. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I'm just, you know, yeah, just trying to do better. In that that's area. cool. Well, I. that's awesome. That's a good thing. Let me ask you, John Tate, do you have anything to say about that? I don't want to make you have to say the same kind of stuff. So what do you want to say about social media? How's that influenced your life? Has it been negative, positive? Well, Michael kind of just explained everything about it. There's so many there's so many uses social media has. Uh, on the positive, you have a crazy platform. You have crazy influence. People look up to you. Um, everything you say is kind of magnified by everyone else reading what you have to say. But on the negative... Um, for a while, I found that social media was controlling me. I wasn't controlling it. It was taking time away from me. Uh, my goal every day is to wake up in the morning and to read the Bible first thing. And I found that I just roll over, pick up my phone and see what Twitter had to say. And I didn't like that. So I also went through a little cleanse. I deleted my social medias for a while and I, I do have them back now, but I just found that getting them back, having that, that fast from it has really helped me, uh, start to control social media and get all the positives out of it instead of it instead of letting it influence me the way it did before you guys are making choices that most adults aren't able to make they're not seeing they know that the social media aspect of their lives is having a negative effect on their soul but you know very few of them made the choices you guys are making to to delete it reinstate it when you're doing better delete it when you Matt, that that I hope I hope people that are listening to this podcast. That's why I keep repeating this. I hope people that are listening to this podcast are listening to what you're saying and are able to even assess their own lives. Is is Twitter? Is Instagram? Is it worth it? You, is it having? I'm not trying to kill it because I use it, but is it having a negative effect on your soul or is it having a positive effect on your soul? I really like what you had to say, John Tay, about you realizing you have the platform for influence. You take that seriously. But sometimes you have to ask yourself, am I doing more of the influencing or being influenced? And, and I think you guys are really on top of the game on that. That's awesome. Let me ask you this. At, at some point, everything up until now, everything you're doing has sort of been a little bit of a, like a stepping stone. You know, you go through playing AAU ball, you play high school ball, you play college ball. Those are always a stepping stone to the next level. Hopefully you'll get to the NBA have you ever thought about what that's a stepping stone to in your life? I mean, what do you, where do you go after the NBA if you go to the NBA? Well, for me, my, my dream has always been to get to the NBA because I want to use it for a platform for, for my faith and just influence a ton of people. I feel like I was 
born to play basketball for that reason. So I take that very seriously. I think that's that's where God is leading me. Um, so I haven't really thought too much beyond the NBA, to be honest. Um, I just want to um, do my thing there. And then after that, really just like I, like I do now, just hang out with my family and um, enjoy life. How about you, Jante? Uh, Michael kind of said what I have in my heart is just to get the platform up high, be able to influence people of the next generation that look up to me. Uh, after I've always said that I don't want to have a long NBA career. I just want to make enough to support my family and then retire and then just enjoy life. Hopefully, I want I want to go into coaching eventually. Maybe coach my kids whenever they, Lord willing, I have kids that they when they grow older, I want to coach them, and then really just continue to influence as many people as I can before uh, my life here on earth is over. You know, when you go through your life, uh, your parents are kind of, you know, the, the limitations in your life, the boundaries in your life. And so for good or bad, you kind of see them as good and bad. You know, they're, they're kind of, they make you mad sometimes they make you happy. Uh, what, 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 what do you think your parents have done right that you really appreciate that has shaped you in your life, what what they do? I mean, the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people listening to this podcast are parents, and so to hear from you guys, what what your parents do right that had a positive impact on not just being basketball players, but had a positive impact on your personality, on on your on your Christian life, on your just maturity as a person. One thing my parents did was they were, I mean, they were strict. They didn't. They had. Um, they had our phone messages on their iPads or whatever. They they were all about that tracking us where we go when. So they they intercepted. They were able to see your text messages. Yeah, for a long time, I would. I mean, my my phone was connected to their computers, their iPads, and they'd be able to see everything I said. Um, they'd be able to check my Safari history, all that. And um, a lot of times when we get into it, my mom and dad would just be like, "Do you want us to? Do you want us to not?" not do this and I'm like yeah like I, I don't want you guys to see my mess but looking back now that I have all this freedom I think that that is beneficial and kids are just kids that, but I think that that was big for me growing up was having that accountability looking sure. back you say they did the right thing I would for at sure at the time say. you thought they were being too nosy but looking too, back now you you think they did the right thing for sure I think that um, parents having accountability over their children I mean, that's what they were placed on this, this. I mean, that's what parents are for, is for guiding their kids and um, pushing them to the right direction. And once I got to college, they were hands off. But in, until then, they were, you know, they knew what I was up to. So I think that's good. So so you've said here how close your family is. You're eight, eight, eight of you kids, two of you parents. You all are, are real close. And, and you're also saying, from what I hear, that your parents had high standards. They were strict. Uh, they didn't just let you have a right to privacy that wasn't earned. Uh, they had rules in the house that had high standards. Uh, how has that, that you're, you're saying that was a beneficial thing. I'm sure a lot of your friends don't have that family background. I'm sure a lot of your friends didn't have fam parents that had a lot of rules, didn't have families that were close. What's the difference? What, how, how important is that than you see in, in your life? What if you didn't have all that? How do you think that would have affected your life negatively? Well, me, I was kind of a stubborn kid growing up. So if I didn't have that that discipline that my parents tried to tried to instill in me, I think that I would have ended up just like every other 
basketball player. I think I would have tried to live the same lifestyle. Um, been all about the money, um, all about the girls. If I'm being honest, I think that the way my parents raised me really um, changed my natural tendency because I'm actually scared to know what life would have been like if I didn't have that that support system. How about you, John? Tell you what, what, what do you want to say to that? It's kind of similar to what Michael said. I've been a troublemaker since I was a kid, but uh, if I hadn't had parents that kind of shaped and molded me and made sure that I kind of was a man of God and kept me on that road, I don't know what would have happened, but uh, it, my life definitely wouldn't have looked like it is today. It wouldn't have been as nice. I wouldn't have had the friends I have. I doubt I'd be as close to my parents or family, and uh, really, I would just go on my own way, however that is. But in today's world, uh, it's really easy to just fall into temptation, fall into sin, and then you know continue to go down that road. Growing up, I was a pretty defensive kid. If my parents came to me with something, I would immediately jump to trying to justify it, trying to do this, trying to do that. So my dad, he had no problem with that. He he would discipline me anyways. He, I mean, I didn't intimidate him at all. But my mom, you know, she's real worried about how her kids feel, how the relationship is going with them. So fast forward um, now, if my mom's bothered with something, how I'm doing in life, a lot of times she won't even bring it up, but I'll be able to tell I can see it in her face. I can see how we interact. It's not the same. So I'll ask her, "Mom, what's up? Like, is everything okay?" And she'll um she'll she'll kind of play it off a little bit, but I'll still know something's up, and I'll keep asking her, "Mom, what's wrong? Tell me." And she'll eventually tell me what she's frustrated about, about what I'm doing, about what she's hearing, and we'll talk about it. Um, especially now that I'm that I'm getting more grown up, we can have real mature conversations, and um, they're not her telling me what to do, but they're more why why do you feel like this is okay um what are your thoughts about this and our relationship is completely changed from when i was a kid but it's just really it's i have a really cool relationship with my mom and i think that's so important because i think what what parents need to understand is as your kids are younger you have a relationship of you're the parents and you're the authority and so you have a position of authority and so in a lot of ways you have a position of control but as, as your kids get older, as they get into high school and for sure and they get into college, that relationship has to change from one of authority to one of influence. And so rather than trying to control, you have to invest in the relationship. That's what your mom seems to instinctively know. Yep. So she's investing in a relationship. She's not going to tell you. She's not, she's not your authority now. She knows that. I mean, they might have a few things they can withhold from you, but that's not an authoritative thing. It's just a goodies kind of thing. So she's she's rightly saying I have the only way I the, the role I have as a mom now with my sons my daughters is influence and so you, what you're saying is that relationship has changed and she has really invested in that kind of influence so that you are actually coming to her because of the relationship and you're wanting her to tell you something so that she can have influence in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, these earrings I got in my ear right now. Yeah. Um, they're pretty. Throughout high school, <laughs> throughout high school, there was no earrings. Um, she didn't want me. She thinks they're flashy, whatever. I thought it would be a cool little style point for me. So I wanted them all throughout high school. I could never get them. Um, when I got to college, I still wanted them. So I talked to my mom about it. She shared why she didn't think that I should have them. I shared why I like them. I don't feel like they're really being too flashy. I just like them for how they look on me. And um we just talked about it, and I ended up getting the earrings, even though she kind of disagreed with it. Um, but but earrings other, are earrings. It's not that big of a deal. Right, right, yeah. right. But another situation was 
um, one weekend this summer, there was some some buddies of mine going out to the lake on Fourth of July weekend. You know, a lot of crazy stuff goes down, and um, I wanted to go. I could have gone, but my mom kind of thought that it wouldn't be a good idea. In that situation, I, I listened to my mom what she had to say, her concerns, and I decided that that wouldn't be good for me to go. So uh, that's two situations where one time I saw what she was saying, I decided to do it, but. A lot of times I'll, I'll take her advice and, and, you know, listen to her. And it's because of the relationship she's able to do How that. it's changed, yeah. So it goes, from, it goes from authority to influence. It goes right. from control to relationship. And I think that's really good. All right. Well, thank you, Michael and, and John Tay, for, for being here. And, and, and I think if there's anything that got across here today and that I hope the people listening get is that you, you're just a bunch of guys who are trying to live the Christian life, who happen to be good at basketball, but I hope the people listening don't primarily think of you guys as tools for their entertainment and get mad at you or, or, or give you all kinds of 600,000 praises with your Instagram all because of your basketball skills. I, I hope they see you as Christians that, like anybody, have a race to run, have a fight to fight, a fight of faith. And I hope our listeners will pray for you. I mean, you guys will. You guys need prayer. You guys are going to have um, a hard race ahead of you, a good one, a fun one, but a hard race ahead of you not that one that you should trade one that God's marked out for you this is all good but you need prayer and and I hope that our listeners will see you guys as as kids with souls who are trying to live the Christian life just like they are I really appreciate you guys being here with us today man loved it appreciate you yeah thanks for having us so thanks again for joining us for another episode of A Bigger Life and we will see you next time <laughs>